if anything, you're the one with the schedule with the kiddos. That's true. We, I assume, are probably in bed. I don't know how kids work. In bed is the word. It's good you didn't say asleep because oh no, I'm pretty sure. Well, my toddler has been asleep, but God knows my two older kids are definitely up. Um, yeah. You put them in bed, they're like, "Good night, daddy." And then I, I I leave the room. I wait three seconds. A light pops back on, and I just hear my daughter reading out loud. How How old is she now? She's eight. Okay, yeah. I would go. I would get in bed, and then my my room was in the playroom, which was where the video games were. <laughs> so I had a TV in my room, wow. and I would just put on like 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 late night PBS white noise stuff, and like watch that while falling asleep. Like Bob Ross would play late at night or something. Oh, yeah. So it was wholesome. I wasn't watching garbage. Yeah, yeah. No, she reads, and then my son plays in his in his room. Like he just walks around his room making whooshing noises with this. This, there's we have this falcon toy like like anthony mackie falcon um oh not, gotcha not a bird <laughs> <laughs> but he broke one like the detachable wings off and so he just plays with this wing um so and he pretends it's whatever but i'll close the door and he just walks around and goes <laughs> for like three hours <laughs> I'm trying to, we're trying to like watch TV. My wife and I are trying to watch Downton Abbey. And you're like, I'm sorry, we got you to inform me, my Lord. <laughs> you're just like watching around him. I'm, I'm afraid he has succumbed to the smallpox. I, I, <laughs> uh, I, uh, secondary to the point of that story, but I think I'm the only one amongst me, John and Dustin that could also talk to you about Downton Abbey. <laughs> I've seen all of it, but the movies. Well, I we I finished the series. I watched the first movie a couple of nights ago. There's another movie coming out in like May. Yeah. And so I think Tara and I are going to go see it um, in theaters. And then I'm just going to do a whole Downton Abbey uh, run. I, I am like five or five or six years on from having watched any of it. Mm-hmm. So it's all kind of a blur. You watched the whole thing, though? Yeah, through the end of the, the series. Itself. All right, well, maybe we'll, maybe we'll talk about Downton Abbey. I'd have to get a refresher, though. Yeah. I, if I sat down and watched, like, a YouTube a recap. refresher. <laughs> yeah, because I don't even remember people's names. Yeah. Like, who was the first daughter who died who was going to marry the Irish driver? Sybil, and she did marry him. She did marry him, and yeah. then she fucking died. And <laughs> then she died right away. shows we were watching was Ted Lasso. We had, I got a new phone in November, like right before Thanksgiving. And of course with an iPhone, it's like, Hey, you get a free, uh, for, for me, it was a free, a free three month subscription to Apple oh, TV yeah. plus. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, Oh, well, when do we want to do this? And so we knew there were two seasons of Ted Lasso. My wife quickly looked up other shows and I was like, all right, we're going to start this now. And then we're going to, you know, explore this app. And the number one thing that had been recommended to me was Ted Lasso. So I was like, okay, let's watch Ted Lasso. Um, and we really enjoyed it. Um, Ted, Ted Lasso is great. And, um, I don't have much to really like, normally I might have like a list of things right away, but since you were the person who principally recommended the show to me, I'm curious how you fell into watching it or if it was recommended to you by someone else with similar zeal or is it just a uh, Sudeikis thing for you? Well, so trying to like trying to dial back to the beginning of the show and that definitely had to have happened during the pandemic, correct? The beginning of the show? Yeah. I guess so. Like we were, we were all, yeah. Okay. Honestly, so I'll much has that. turned into a blur, but, um, I essentially hear recommendations from people at work and a couple of my friends off. Often that's a kind of an overlap of uh, the Venn diagram there. And um, I think it was my friend Adam or my friend Meg or both at the same time. But basically they they're the two friends of mine that really like check everything out. They give everything. It's, it's due diligence, you know, at least an episode or something like that. So 
I can't remember which of them suggested first, but, um, you know, it's a hard sell when you're like, it's about a, a American guy that goes to England to teach soccer. And I'm like, I don't or foot football. Right. I don't know anything about that. I care very little about sports. I like Jason Sudeikis, um, but they assured me they're like, the football's not really the point. It's about the human relationships and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I thought I was going to watch something and have it be almost like purely comedy. Um, and yeah, I guess what hooked me was just that it uses a very novel premise, like a very unbelievable premises premise with a bunch of, you know, jokes and stuff like that that are a little unrealistic to actually like dive into pretty deep uh, uh, subject matter of human relations and the human experience and stuff like that. That's kind of my summary. I mean, I've got my reasons for like specific bits of the show that really like rang true to me, which um, might be kind of obvious since you know me and what I've uh, had happen in life uh, over the 10 years since we graduated college. But yeah, or more than that now. Anyway. uh, Yeah. So that's 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 my little intro on it, I guess. So I'm looking at the uh, Wikipedia page. So the, the the first ep- the first two episodes, the first season were mm-hmm. released or first three, August 14th, 2020. Yep. Well into it. That's yeah. That's yeah. Which is crazy, which means that that second season must've been shot during it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Do you know about how it was created? I remember that it was like a, I'd heard that it was like an, like an NBC sports, like promo basically for yeah yeah here it is for for the premier league they they wanted to do something to 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 hype their their coverage of the premier league and so they basically just got together with jason sudeikis and then he created this character uh not even just the pilot of the show but like the first season has speckled in jokes i mean the pilot episode has a lot of them but uh, the first season has jokes like speckled in that were actually from those promos um (laughs) Like where he's talking about, you know, win, win or lose, we're going to, you know, put it all on the field and they're like, or tie. And he's like, y'all do ties in science in football <laughs> yeah. soccer. Yeah. Take it to the field of like the pitch, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. Um, fish out of water kind of stuff is is fun and novel, but you didn't you wouldn't think it's going to have too long of a shelf life. Um, and I think they're really smart about uh, using Ted's character as the like rope you in kind of <laughs> lasso you in oh. um and then establishing the other characters in such strong fashions that by the end of you know the first or second season you're mostly invested in like everybody's story so we enjoyed it and i think so there's always a quaintness to watching something that's not just an american show um where a lot of the cast is from a different country just automatically there's there's novelty to it if you appreciate any difference in what you're seeing. I mean, half the reason that shows like British shows are fun for Americans to watch is they just don't talk like we do. They have different patterns. Of, it's not, it's not even the accent. It's, it's the, it's the idioms. It's their pattern of speech. It's their inflections. It's just nice to hear someone say something different. Like instead of like, you making fun of me, you know, to hear you having a laugh, it's just you're taking the piss, you're taking the piss. Um, <laughs> so it's just it it just adds some extra like, oh, that's fun, you know, kind of a feeling to it. And I think what a lot of people point out about Ted Lasso, which I'll you know piggyback on, of course, is it's nice to have a show that's just really positive and feel good. Um, you know, I, I didn't know what the appeal of the show was. Like, I, I just heard that it was good and I should watch it. I didn't look up like why I just was like, oh, well, people are recommending it to me. I'll, I'll check it out. And nobody had, I think you had told, the only hint I had about the show's effect was when you and I were talking about The Good Place, you said something like, The Good Place was one of the only shows you had watched that like made you want to be a better person, like actively go like volunteer. Um, Mm -hmm. And then the other one was Ted Lasso. And so I was like, that's interesting. What, what is it? Because I didn't know much. I, I just knew the premise. And then I get it now because, you know, after two seasons, it's, it's it's kind of a show that extols like those earnest, earnest virtues, um, which isn't always something that, well, isn't usually something that comedy does a lot. Comedy, especially towards, you know, recent comedy has been kind of negative. Jokes are kind of sometimes mean spirited or they're just, 
based on current events or easy targets. For several years now, we've had kind of a comedy drought. Do you think, I mean, for like for a number of reasons, I mean, I don't see as many comedy, maybe it's in film more than TV, but like it's been a while since there's been like a, like a studio comedy maybe for a few years and we're kind of starting to get them again. Ted Lasso is a, is a flat arc is about how Ted changes the environment around him. And the only thing that's different about it is that Ted is more interesting than a traditional flat arc because he is experiencing changes. He's not changing for the worse. He's not changing for the better. He's just experiencing growth within his built out identity as a happy, positive Dude. So I see him as fu- as having two roles. Like, um, uh, it's so funny to, to to talk this structurally about a comedy, but like that's <laughs> what I think is special about it. Yeah, is that like so? Ted Lasso, you think he's going to be like not the straight man, obviously, because he's he's hilarious and in, in his own right and everything like that. But he is the catalyst, I think, for all these other people's what what you're talking about. But what I think is really interesting is that he's nice to everybody, but his actual conflict is entirely internal. You could say that, you know, going through a divorce and everything is one thing, but like he is actually nice to everybody but himself. Like he doesn't practice self-care in the way that yeah. you know we've all come to know it these days, which is listening to what's going on on the inside, um, you know, making positive changes, uh, tough decisions and stuff like that to further progress your own happiness and stuff like that. So everything that he does in the show really boils down to him trying to. Not kowtow, that sounds bad, but trying to appease his the love of his life, his wife and everything like that. And I think really like the turning point is like, you know, when he obviously when he signs the divorce papers, spoiler alert, um, Mm -hmm. and then develops that relationship and finally uh, leans into therapizing by um, the team therapist. Yeah. Counselor that's there. Um, And that's why I think is really interesting uh, is that I laugh so much at the show but i fucking cry at ted lasso so much more than like most shows that i you know would would watch to laugh at you know what i mean yeah yeah and and that and that's that's good um yeah there's there's emotional moments in that show for sure there's a lot of them um and and they can be different depending on which character you're you kind of identify with you know I, i liked the payoff of uh jamie of jamie and his dad like and and with Jamie and Roy, like that was my big thing. Like, you know, it was him, like was him hugging him. Like that was a big mm-hmm. deal. So that's, yeah. Um, the show is really good about that. While also, I mean, like, cause I'm not really trying to avoid spoilers so much. Cause I think that, you know, hopefully people who are listening have seen Ted Lasso, but like, I remember like throughout the second season, my wife was just like, I don't like Nate. He's starting to, he's starting to bother me. And like, after like a couple episodes ago, Oh, that's because Nate's about to do a thing. Like, yeah. it goes from like, oh, he's kind of irritating to like, oh, they're doing a thing. He's going to, he's doing a thing. And then he just, he's like the bad guy now. Yeah. Um, that actually brings me to a criticism point that I have. And I, and it's, it kind of differ, differs between, you know, people that I've talked to. I don't think the Nate reversal uh, as far as what his character is supposed to be. You know, he's supposed, he's kind of like the fallen. Um, yeah the fallen protagonist or whatever. And I, I just don't think it was really earned. Um, I have other gripes about the second season and gripes is a strong term, but, but what I think the show does really good, I think they didn't do very well with Nate. So like, for example, um, if you watch any kind of drama or something like that, you, you know, when you have those moments where something gets thrust into the story that makes you just go, Oh, this is just here to create conflict, to create story, but it doesn't feel earned and it doesn't feel realistic. Like a character will do something stupid or out of turn or something like that. Yeah. And that creates like a fifth of the arc of something that they logically wouldn't have done. Yeah. Or, or just something that like, you know, uh, it's a one step forward, two steps back thing. And it makes you like disappointed in the character or something. And I get, I get why it's used sometimes, but one of the best examples that I think that Ted Lasso did was, um, kind of, you know, everybody laughs about the phrase subverting expectations. And sometimes I think it's it's a valid thing to do. And sometimes I think it's not. So yeah, Ryan Johnson a, really ruined, ruined the, the validity <laughs> of know, that, of that claim because people um, it, it is it is valid to subvert expectations. But he just he made it this horrible. Yeah. <laughs> secret not to phrase. base your entire uh, uh, 
reversal of a plot direction on it. So uh, in the second season, and this is mostly just because it's so fresh because uh, it's the one I've watched most recently. Yeah. But there's a scene where um, Roy comes home early uh, and he's, you know, living with Keely at this moment and he comes in and he knows that she's home, um, but she's not answering. And he goes up the stairs and I think like, I think he sees like he opens the door and sees like, I think clothes on the ground or something. But the whole lead up to it is like, oh, you're you're supposed to feel like the relationship's going so well. Something stupid's going to happen. Jamie Tart's going to be in her bed with her or whatever. And then you realize that all it is is the catalyst for the point of this episode, which was she loves him so much that she's getting off to uh, his uh, sensitive side and and his vulnerability. Yeah. She's, and, she's, and watch, she's watching him cry at a press conference. Yes. And yeah. and as soon as that happened, I was like, I fucking love this show because if they had done <laughs> if they had done the easy thing and yeah. started like a, a love triangle thing with Jamie Tart, like yeah. to this degree, yes. I would have been like, oh, come on, man. Yeah. Um, and, and that's why I thought the Nate thing was a little bit undeserved because like I still liked him. You could tell that they were going to like knock him down a few pegs mm-hmm. and I thought he was going to learn that lesson. But then like he has this big explosive fight with Ted and he's like you abandoned me or whatever. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, are we supposed to think he's completely batshit and out of line? Cause like <laughs> yeah. Ted didn't do any of that. Yeah. Um, and then, so some friends of mine are like, yeah, you're supposed to understand that Nate is, uh, uh, extremely flawed and has never had like push come to shove to bring his flaws to the forefront. Cause he was so meek, blah, 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 blah. And then I have friends saying, yeah, Ted totally like abandoned him through, throughout the second season. I'm like, I don't know what you are. What are y'all talking about? Yeah. I, I remember thinking that this was undeserved. I was like, I was like, I'll, I'll allow it, but I'm, I'm not on board with your, uh, your, your rationale here, friend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If they wanted it, if they tried to write it in a way that it felt like a gradual turn that made sense. Yeah. I disagree. If they wrote it as if like, this is how kind of messed up Nate really is right now. I'm, that's how I'm, that's how I'm interpreting it is, is like, Oh buddy no yeah it's <laughs> yeah uh and then the the him getting hired by rupert to be the coach of uh whatever his team is or whatever this new team mm-hmm. uh i was just like that seems like writing a character into a position just for conflict's sake so it dep- i'm now i'm talking a lot uh no go for it no, I mean, I, I kind of, I kind of, I kind of bought it with Rupert because he's such a spiteful, he's such right. a spiteful prick <laughs> that like, he'd be like, they, they, he, he would be perceptive enough to recognize like, okay, Nate is very talented because like people all over like Twitter are recognizing, oh, coach Nate. Oh my God. There it is again. The wonder <laughs> kid spring, <laughs> the, the, the wonder kid. Um, but like he, he, Rupert would be perceptive enough to pick up on that and spiteful enough to go. I should hire this guy and have make him like the, my head coach just to, just to um, poach him off of yeah, know, my ex-wife's team. I, I don't know why I want to talk about criticisms. I think it's just because I'm of the nature where when something is so good, I'll, all I really want to talk about is the things I have wrong with it. And that's okay. My general feeling is that the first season is super successful and it's mostly just because they had their season written for them, you know? Um, just by the very nature of the characters that they set up the second season. Um, I don't know how much fan reaction plays into, you know, directions that writers take, whether they say, well, screw it. We know what we're doing kind of thing. Yeah. I feel like the second season was a little too self-aware of the, um, of the cultural boom that the first season made. I feel like they, I don't know. I feel like there were too many like winks at the audience. Like we know that you like this. So here's more of it or mm. turned up to the next degree kind of thing. So, and I don't know why I'm failing to come up with specific examples, but it just felt like the second season looked at, look, looked at the first season fan reaction was like, Oh, oh, oh ideas okay. and adjustments. A little bit of yeah. course correction, which sounds stupid to be complaining about that. But I think it's just, it, it felt more like a novelty act than the first season did. Right. I mean, like if you can do that and and sort of say, I think this is valid or yes, see, I was telling you guys this, like there's something to be said, but part of what can ruin art, as we know, is too much input from the audience and pandering to pander. Yeah. And it's like, you know, a, a streaming show 
I feel like just business business model wise has less to gain from pandering to the audience than a network show. Like you can see why a network show would do that because they're like, we want to get as many eyeballs on these ads as possible because this is a network TV show. With Apple TV Plus, which is basically a loss leader for for Apple to sell computers and phones that people are either subscribed to or they're not, a show having mass, mass appeal, it's not like unless they think that Ted Lasso is like solely responsible for getting subscribers to that service, which is kind of a disservice to their other content, but might also be true. I mean, Um, it's a disservice to the quality of the other content, but I don't think it's wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like for all mankind is fantastic. Severance has been amazing. Yeah, I've heard good that. Yeah. But my point is like, there's less incentive because, you know, making Ted Lasso 3% better or 3% more broadly appealing doesn't necessarily uh, equal more subscribers, you know? So I feel like, I hope that's not going on because I see no, I see nothing to gain business wise and probably nothing to, to be gained creatively from it. In the grand scheme of things, it is kind of reaching, you know, uh, I think it is, you know, an issue, but compared to a lot of other shows that I have plenty of things to say about it, like it's not egregious nowhere near egregious yet. Yeah. Um, something else. Did you notice that the, um, did you notice that the second season, it didn't genre jump because it, you know, overall it's focused as like a dramedy. Mm-hmm. Um, but did you notice that it kind of like every episode felt not every a lot of episodes kind of felt like a weird stylistic departure. Like you had the Christmas episode, which was extremely saccharine and sweet um, to the point where that's like my least favorite episode of that, that season. But it, it was other people's favorites. Like my friend Meg loves musicals and she loves like that type of thing. And she, she didn't find it disingenuous. And I was sitting there watching all those soccer players, like play Nerf guns with like uh, with uh, Higgins kids and like, (laughs) All this stuff. And I was like, I was like, this is too much. Um, And then you had the uh, the episode with Beard going on his drunken uh, like like adventure through London. And that was a very different episode. But I loved that one. So I was so confused, but I loved it because I there's so many parts of it that just remind me of Savannah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just like falling apart. But like. I don't know, but looking back fondly on it or something. Yeah. So I just so meant what, physically like going from place to place, having no clue where you are, but oh, for sure. <laughs> more and, directly and then to, <laughs> at the end of the night, actually finding out where you needed to be in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was a novel thing that they did is that, is that like not every set, it means not every episode is going to be a full on hit with me Yeah. because they might do something stylistically that I'm like, it's just not my bag. Like a Christmas special, not my bag. Um, but something focusing on an uh, underutilized character uh, who is actually like one of the co-creators of the show. Um, yeah. I didn't realize that either. Yeah. And he's, I, I, I saw him in like an interview and I was like, Oh, this, whoa, weird. Yeah. How, how many more seasons of this show do you think would be appropriate to make like two? I, yeah. I was about to say two more. Yeah. Um, you push it beyond that and inherently you're going to need to change the story and the reason for why he's there. And then the whole thing would fall apart. Like if it doesn't center around him being a coach and doing the thing that was the, the impetus of the show itself, it just seems like a little pointless, you know, the office overstayed its welcome when it, you know, the, when Michael left and yeah. it, it all just kind of came cyclical and half the people didn't even work at Dunder Mifflin anymore. And like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm just really not interested in watching a show where, uh, all the soccer members have gone off and gone to bigger teams and Ted leaves the team or something like at that point, you're like, it's not, it's not the show anymore. So yeah. Yeah. I'd probably accept two and that'd need a really good reason. But at that point, if you're going to totally shift the show then it's like, well now you're signing up for two more. So it's like, I'm curious where they go with the third season because that, that is going to kind of tell me like, are they, are they heading, are they, are we heading to a, you know, to an end game here? Or are we going to just keep doing this? Cause I would accept just one more season too. Yeah. What? Yeah. Cause th- there was some breakdown years ago from somebody. I don't even remember where I read it. The magic number for seasons on a streaming platform is three. Because as I said before, business wise, 
a new show might bring in new subscribers or get people to subscribe seasonally based on that show. But after three seasons, you got diminishing returns. Like people who have subscribed to because they love the crown aren't, you know, it's not like season four of the crown is where they go. Okay. You know, they've either heard the show is good and are planning to watch it at some point or they aren't. And that does not change their plans. Well, and your means of garnering new viewers dives because as soon as somebody sees how much they're going to have to invest. Yeah. They're like, yeah, I'm going to move on. Yeah. And the show's already won like Emmys and stuff. So it's, 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 (laughs) yeah, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's legitimized the platform artistically. I would also say that the type of comedy that it is requires it to be so like you think about I would definitely not say Ted Green or Ted Green Ted Lasso uh wow I don't even know what I was thinking of (laughs) I would oh I I, okay let me finish my sentence I wouldn't say that Ted Lasso is an evergreen show okay um it's not so rudimentary a comedy as to get season after season so like something like it's always sunny in Philadelphia where the whole point is these characters are garbage they're never going to be anything but garbage right means that they they can keep doing the same garbage things yeah but (laughs) and also like there is no fully woven uh plot through a show like that but when you've got Ted Lasso something with a heart to it with a actual drama and a ongoing story to it that has to end and I think they know that I think a lot of shows lately have been good about knowing when to call it quits. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have continued to watch whatever ridiculous reasons the good place would reset and, and continue over <laughs> yeah. and over and over again. But, you know, sure was probably like, I've got other ideas and yeah. everybody loved this and let's just tie a bow on it. Let's just, yeah, let's over, over and out. We're getting better, especially again, as we enter the streaming space, like we're getting more comfortable ending shows earlier there's a wealth of choice and I, you know, that you could say it's a good thing, but oftentimes I feel it's, it's a bad thing. I get so overwhelming. Wa- I, yeah, I get it's so overwhelming. You know, everybody knows the story. You load up Netflix, you load up Hulu and you just scroll around. And you're like, oh, oh, shit, I just burnt an hour not watching anything because yeah. I don't know what to watch. Because I have so. no clue what I'm willing to commit to. It's a blessing and a curse. Like if I told myself what streaming services were like 10 years ago, yeah. I'd slap myself in the face for complaining about it. But <laughs> exactly yeah. i'd be like you mean there's gonna be always something you want to see yeah you mean wait yeah. you mean i i can queue up anything i want on netflix whenever i want and i'm not right. waiting for dvds in the mail yeah i'm not holding on to forgetting sarah marshall dvd for for four months <laughs> watching it over and over again before i send it back i, I would have I, and i'm future me would have been like but you don't understand you don't really want to watch it you just think you do because it's right there in front of you see and i'd yeah. be like Oh, oh, whatever, old man. Like, yeah, I'd this. be like, and what are you paying for cable right now? Yeah. Oh, $50 a month. Well, guess what? You're going to be paying $70 for all the streaming services yeah. that you're going to use. Yeah. And then when you try to share them between friends, they're going to put in like policies <laughs> to shut that down, even though five years ago they said, by all means, share your yeah. account with other people. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, oh, that's cool, man. I'll just share it with my dad. No, you fool. Don't you see? <laughs> they're going to get you one day. They figure that out. I find myself because it's just me and I'm not sharing, you know, a viewing space with somebody else or, you know, uh, bending, bending my rules of watching for someone else's benefit or being more accepting or something. I I'm extremely stingy with my time Mm -hmm. and I am, I I am not investing in anything these days you would be shocked by how much I'm rewatching old shows. Yeah. uh, Oh, Dustin told me the same thing today on the phone. We talk about it all the time. He says, I think we've hit that age where, I'm starting to understand why people just pick like four dozen movies that they love and they only watch those until they die. <laughs> yep. And why my dad would watch Gunsmoke like all the freaking time. Um, to, to that end, like I'm also finding myself. I love I love the way this conversation has evolved. Um, I find myself like dipping out. Oh, I told you like Encanto. I started that up. Kids animation stuff for me is, is a hard sell just because my daily you know work stuff is mostly centered around that and right. I'm like it feels like work right, right. so <laughs> two minutes into Encanto they start like singing about you know, the, and talking about the house and everything and I was like I'm out and like that's so superficial but <laughs> I don't feel like I, I'm my, you know my time is I'm, valuable yeah and in, in contrasting that I checked in for turning red and I finished the whole movie I thought mm-hmm. it was just okay but blah 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 right I oh my god so you know how in college we loved like Judd Apatow movies and everything, right? Yeah. 
I turned on this new one, The Bubble. Oh, okay. With with friends. So you know when you're watching comedies by yourself, sometimes it's not as funny as when funny. you're watching. Yeah. Yeah. I was watching it with two friends. Oh no. And all of us at one point, we made it like 15 minutes into the movie, and <laughs> one of us was finally brave enough to lean and just go, I fucking hate this. <laughs> how are you guys doing and all of us were like i fucking hate this too so turn on the bubble and see what it does to you because i dipped out so quickly and and that's whether that's a good thing or not i I always think customer choice is is a good thing and having options is a good thing that's why it's hard because like that's why people I just, I've, I've learned to stop. I, again, I, I ha, it has to be repeatedly record. I, I need, um, I need two factor authentication. I need some, I need more than one person <laughs> to recommend the same show to me. Like if one be, I'd, I'd have one person who was always just like, yeah, you should really watch why women kill on showtime. It's like, you're the only person who tells me I should watch that show. And I'm not interested anyways. And I don't have showtime. And or yeah, and I was about to say, getting your hands on being able to view Showtime content. Yeah. Like, okay. And it's also that like, has to it, be part of a cable package, right? Is it really good, or are you just telling me this because you're standing next to your wife and like you want to you know, seem like progress? Is the show good, or are you just <laughs> trying to score some point? You know? Like, yeah. You know? Does she like it? Like, like it's like you know because <laughs> or I, just do you like it? That's why when I tell people when I've told people whenever it was a couple of years ago, I was like, hey, you should watch The Handmaid's Tale. I was I was specific about why because I didn't want to look like some dude being like it's a real important show and uh, it's real important and uh, you know everyone needs to watch it and listen because then it would just seem like I was saying saying the thing instead yeah. of going and like I, no 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 the cinematography is great and the, the the story is cool so I thought that was a good show yeah um, and then I couldn't watch it anymore because it was just misery porn like yeah it it, it does that too. <laughs> Uh, like I, like I can't go back and watch Breaking Bad and it's why I won't, I don't watch Better Call Saul. Like there is a certain level of a show that is just so feel bad that I like, yeah, you have a a, a discomfort threshold. (laughs) Yeah. So I would have to have a special asterisk next to why I wouldn't suggest that to someone. Yeah. But I totally understand why it it is a good show. I just can't handle it. Could you watch it while getting like a deep tissue massage? (laughs) <laughs> no because then i'd make some weird masochist like association Fetish. with that yeah. every, i'd start being like "Ooh, pinch pinch it a little bit harder every, every time like they got to like you know they work out like a knot you just start to scream in terror oh you're right that was a terrible suggestion don't do that <laughs> i do highly suggest uh severance by the way oh yeah i've heard i've heard severance is good do you currently have an apple no, the thing ran out, so we, we don't have it right now. I'll probably hit it again whenever the next episode of Ted Lasso comes out or something. I don't know. Yeah. It's only I, find, $5. Find that, find that magic period where enough is up there. It's uh, eight episodes into what I assume is it. I think it's only a nine episode season. So Yeah. That's another thing that's great about great about streaming is like episodes are only like eight or ten. You know, eight or ten. Did you ever watch The Chair? Is that? Uh, it's a It's a show. All right, let's talk about the chair. <laughs> Speaking of Netflix, the Netflix things, because I just, you know, it's just a general. I, when I wrote this down, it was a, it was a, I gave it a three and a half star. Um, cause there was only one, it's only one season. It's like six episodes. Um, but I enjoyed it so far. I enjoyed this first season. The show was created by like Amanda Pete and some other people, but, um, Sandra O oh in it. Sandra O oh is the protagonist, the main character. Um, Legit, Jay, never even seen this before. And Jay Duplass is uh, is another character, and Jay Duplass is actually really great on the show as an actor. Um, yeah. And it's it takes place at like this you know university. It's like an it's it's a it's a comedy within academia. Um, but among the more you know it's it's funny, but it's it's very much like intends to talk about things like that. That you know, essentially, like here's here's how academia is changing, and someone kind of struggling to to be like Sandra Oh is Asian, and so in the show, and in, within the show, she is like the first female chair of the English department at this university. She's also a woman of color, so that means something. But now the student body expects her to, you know, 
kind of govern a, a specific way regarding the curriculum, but she still has to answer to this dean who's very set in the way things. Are. So it's just it's kind of about you know navigating the the institutions, the institutional structure that exists within like a university, uh, you know, in the modern day, and um, you know, and so it deals with that idea and all uh, you know mixed in with how a student body would react to such to to something and the pressures put upon minority groups who finally do achieve some level of power and influence you or know find themselves having to conform in some some fashion right like am, yeah. am i compromising you know things that are important to me that are going to be important to other people within this organization um you know, do I try to, my best to hold on to this power? Was it cost me to hold on to this kind of, you know, to this authority, I guess, not power. It sounds, sounds, uh, different. Um, yeah, uh, the premise, you know, of trying to comment on the inherent dysfunction of, you know, an aged aging institutions and trying to adapt to change. Um, I, I think you it's interesting. It was a comedy? Yeah. It's, it's a, it's oh, a, oh, okay. It's, it's okay. like a, I, it's not like a dark comedy. It's like a black comedy, as I guess you might call it. Um, all the, it's just one of those shows where like all the supporting characters are really good too. There's this actress named Holland Taylor. You may not recognize her name, but you, you've seen her in stuff. But Holland Taylor is in this show, and she's really great. Um, yeah, I recommend the chair. I mean, in terms of um, in terms of time commitment, it's only six episodes, and they're yeah. relatively short. They're like thirty minutes. Oh, because so it's a comedy. Usually, they're not. It's more brief. Hour. Yeah. Yeah. Like at one point, Jay Duplass's professor character, like in the middle of a lecture does like, a, like a, I almost did it. Does like a, uh, does a Nazi salute and it gets filmed and it gets circulated. And, and so he's now like in the crosshairs of like, and it's not treated like a silly thing. It's treated like shit. This is, this is a big deal. This makes us look a certain way. And then he's, he tries to go out. He's like, I'm not going to apologize because I wasn't, because I'm not a Nazi. Yeah. I was just making a point about something else, but it's like, no, you're the thing to do is just to apologize and get, you know, the university get, get us in the clear. And so he like tries to apologize. Like, do you think it's okay? Like it's, it's students are like, you know, attacking. So it's, it's, it's interesting how I'm interested to see how the show continues to deal with stuff like that. Um, because one of the things about the world today or America today, that's how institutions deal with uh, mob rule and wrong think, I guess is what it's called sometimes. Well, I know, I know what you mean. It's just like in a, in a vacuum, somebody would go, Oh geez, why'd you go and do that? Like, that was pretty dumb. Right. But then outwardly, it's just like, Oh, oh, you gotta be very little about it. Like, I, I, I think everybody's not willing to just, chill out and understand it's, stuff just because of how heightened other things are ancillary to that. Like in the show, you wish you could just walk up to the Dean and be like, Hey, like just listen to Sandro because she's brilliant and she just, she's under a lot of pressure and you know, it's going to be fine. And then you want to go to like the students and be like, Hey, your teacher's not a Nazi. I know he did the thing, but that doesn't mean a thing. It's okay. Yeah. You, you want to walk in just be like, here's how everything should work. And you know, yeah. like stop freaking out and you stop freaking out. Everyone just chill out and, and, and let's get some stuff done. And let's, you know, uh, ignore, ignore low hanging fruit, low hanging conflict fruit is what I'll call it, I guess. Yeah. Let's, let's (laughs) ignore low hanging conflict fruit. Anything that we could easily just not fight about. Let's just not fight about it. Um, Yeah. Splitting hairs is really kind of what it used to be. Yeah. 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 There's everything is so fractured and faction that. Yeah. And so the show, at least, at least for me, seems to be beginning to examine that via the university setting. So yeah, I guess that's my recommend. If you're, you know, speaking of things that are is, on Netflix. Is Sandra O oh funny? Is she in it? I mean. Yeah, but her, but, but she's like, it's one of those shows that's like, it's funny because it's not like wacky characters. It's like circumstance. circumstance yeah. Which is, I like because it allows the actors to act honestly and while still allowing the show to have humor, like it, that, it they, the characters feel like real people. That lines up with my my experience with Sandra Oh as an actor. Yeah. Um, I watched uh, Killing Eve 
a couple of seasons of it. I fell off that not because it wasn't good, but because I was watching it with a ex-girlfriend or a girlfriend mm-hmm. who became an ex-girlfriend. And then I was like, I don't want to watch this show anymore. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, she had a certain level of kind of like manicness to her that came off kind of like funny and entertaining. But like I. Yeah, as soon as you said it was more about circumstance than mm-hmm. goofy-ass characters, that made a lot more sense. I had a girlfriend who really loved Fallout Boy and Avril Lavigne. Those are easy ones to give up. And Incubus. <laughs> oh, well, I liked and Incubus a lot. I already, I already liked Incubus, but I like it. I liked it more after that. Like, I hung on to that. Yeah, and, and, and uh, I don't know. I, ca- I came out of it. Uh, many things uh, occurred as a result of that relationship, but one of them was I now have like a soft spot for Avril Lavigne. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like, like when I see like one of her, like she releases a new song, I'm like, I'm gonna check this out. When, when, when you, when you guys broke up, were you like, why do you have to go and make things so complicated? <laughs> it's like you, you fall and you crawl and you break and you take what you do. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you're like, I am a skater boy and I'm saying, see you see later, you later, boy. Classic. <laughs> what else is on your list? Let's fire through them. Cause I do want to know where we're overlapping. Did you watch gunpowder milkshake? I started it and then I quit. I like Karen <laughs> Gillan too. And I just, I've like, nah, nah, nah. yeah, here's my quick thoughts on that one. Just cause I, uh, yeah, you're right. Let's knock a few of these out. Okay. So gunpowder milkshake. I said, I, I, I said that this was a solid flick. Oh God. Kellen, now again for the third time in a row, I have to put glasses on so I can read. <laughs> Add it to the old people compendium. Yeah. I was at the eye doctor today. <laughs> oh dear. Um, um, I said it was competently put together, um, but I wouldn't say it's anything special. Like it's clear that the cast had fun making this, but it is as a film pretty derivative of John Wick. Um, you know, with the the underworld and the hideout and the way the, the exact way that things work and. Mm-hmm. You know, but you know, of course, starring some uh, an impressive cast of of women. Um, so you I know, think my friend, I think my friend Meg said it's one of those movies where it's charming because you can tell the cast had fun with it, but yeah. they had a lot more fun than the sum of its parts. Yeah, basically. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 fine if you like action films, you're you're going to enjoy it. But I wasn't blown away. But the cast was were all great, and you know, it's good to see them all feeling like they had fun. But you know, as a movie, it's like. Eh. Um, did you ever see Jolt on Amazon Prime? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> that is a <sighs> sounds like a soft drink. No, I'll do. Well, there is Jolt Cola. That's a thing. But now nah, I'll go over that one another time. Did you ever see The Matrix Four? Oh yeah, I did. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> I could either talk very briefly about that or save it for another time Let's save because- it for another time because i i i want to i want to talk more about that okay Ooh-wee. Me- i will be there for that and i will i'll spit hot fire okay um did you ever watch did you watch power of the dog no it's in my it's in my uh my queue my netflix queue it's cumberbatch right yes yeah it's in my queue okay I, i'm i'm good for a western a year okay i'm going through a western <laughs> kick right now like I'm watching a lot of Taylor Sheridan stuff. I've watched, I watched, uh, and then I watched True Grit this weekend. Um, I'm watching Django Unchained right now. I was about to say a modern, a modern Western mm-hmm. that I was going to suggest, but it's not modern anymore. Um, that's, that's where we're at. That's oldness. Yep. Um, uh, open Range with, uh, oh, with I've, Robert I've, Duvall and Kevin Costner. I've seen Open Range. I used to own it. I've fucking love that movie <laughs> and it was stolen from me and at the airport by an employee oh my god okay we've talked about this before it was in your it was in your dvd sleeve this has come up more frequently as the years have gone by <laughs> someone mentioned a movie and go oh my god i used to own that yeah he took my dvds yeah yeah anyway i anyway, wanted to walk up to uh, him like like kevin costner did and go you the one who killed our friend like, yeah <laughs> What's his name? Character actor. Uh, I don't remember his name. He had the weird face. Uh, it, yeah. <laughs> Way off track. What's the next one? Um, all right. Let's see here. Did you ever see Free Guy? Yeah, I did. Did you like that at all? Not really. Yeah. Um, video game, video game tangent movies always rub me the wrong way because every time they try to like 
that's just another reason why the matrix pissed me off or pissed me off is like <laughs> if you know anything about game development it's just like god this is so cringy <laughs> taiko watiti just being like and now let's do this with the blah 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 walking yeah. like down the yeah the, oh god yeah. it was just like i hate i hate everything i did about not that. like him in free guy no no i thought the movie was really f- i had a lot of fun watching it um i finished it i finished it that's um, that's good i'd give it a two and a half okay let's see here I finished Pam and Tommy. I think I told told you oh, guys. Oh, okay. That. Did you? I'd suggest it. Okay. Yeah. Does and is, there, is there, does his penis only make one uh, appearance? One scene, but boy, is it long. Um, sorry, the scene? scene. Well, and and the and the penis. That was the best unintentional joke of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's your stinger right there. Uh uh yeah it only happens once and and uh, you know red letter media put it really well it's like and it made it even weirder that it that it was just a one-time thing <laughs> never kid never and never uh showed up again yeah. i i would suggest it it's not that big of an investment i think it's six episodes yeah um i do think that the themes kind of overstay their welcome by the end like i think the first three or four episodes further things along and then it's just kind of like okay i get it mm-hmm. you get it but if you're, you know, if you're like me, exactly 32 years old or, you know, actually you're older now. You're 33. Um, point is, growing up in that time period, like remembering the the drastic shift that technology made with the Internet and stuff like that. Yeah. We don't we you know, we take for granted that that uh, we've known the Internet our whole lives. But like, no, nah, we, we didn't really <laughs> No. And uh, just seeing people grapple with it was pretty interesting yeah it just seems like we did i will i will do one more recommendation i will recommend jolt to you okay i saw it was kate beckinsale yeah i mean it's look it's it's just a it's just an action movie so it's not you know so if you're looking for more than that I, i'll just say i think i gave it a three and a half yeah i didn't expect much from the movie um but i did find myself really enjoying it and maybe it's just because I like Kate Beckinsale, but like it's there's not as much action as I thought there would be in this movie. Um, But that's actually a good thing because it keeps the premise a little more grounded because it's about a woman. Essentially, you have to accept the premise that she has like her character is a skilled badass with a, you know, plot convenient, mild superpower. (laughs) Um, And in that she when she gets uh, angry or emotional, she's just she's kind of. I think she has like a mild, she has like this adrenal thing that happens, but she has to keep it. What's, let me see what the plot, the thing, I'm okay. sure I'm reading this right. I know it's slightly different, but this just reminds me of, uh, crank. what's a crank? Yeah. yeah. No, it's not. Let's see. It's a, it says action comedy. It's, I mean, there's funny parts, I guess. Um, suffers from intermittent explosive disorder. Um, is that a real, it, is it sounds an, like it's, it's an actual real thing. That's which me is after triggered, I eat chicken wings. Which is triggered by interactions with people. She's been seeing a psychiatrist who has been attempting to treat her disorder with an electroshock vest, which is slowly becoming less effective. So that's like the premise, basically. Yeah, but this is it actually is a behavioral disorder characterized by explosive outbursts of anger and or violence, often to the point of rage that are disproportionate to the situation at hand. Impulsive aggression is not premeditated and is defined by a disproportionate reaction to any provocation real or perceived. Okay. So it's a real thing. And, you know, so essentially it makes her characters a bit of a loner and avoid trying, you know, having to avoid situations where anything of mild annoyance, she has to get out of there. Um, but the film does not use that as an excuse to make her like invincible, but, uh, you know, just enough to buy that a woman her size could fight three dudes. Um, if her adrenaline's pumping for sure. Right. Um, Kate Beckinsale is skilled physically in fight scenes. She's, you know, d- you know, she does a lot of action movies and stuff, but I was impressed because she was really funny. She's really has really good comedic wit and timing in the movie. And I remember I was just watching, I was just like, man, She's charming. Like, you know, there is actually a lot of emotional vulnerability in the movie that's really effective. Um, you know, and so I've always been a fan of hers, but the this film kind of like showcases it's not like, you know, it's not it's not gonna win any or didn't win any Oscars, but it wouldn't have won any Oscars um because, you know, just by virtue of the kind of movie it is. But like in terms of what you get out of your lead performer, you actually get like 
some depth and vulnerability, but also like, you know, good, you know, some enjoyable fight sequences and, you know, some funny jokes. It's pretty good. So I don't know if you have Amazon Prime. No, I was about to say, you know, it's not even 10 o'clock and I go to bed at midnight. So oh, nice. it's time for a movie. Woo. And I got I got all my chores done and everything. Yeah. Um, and then one last thing uh, that reminded me. Well, I mean, female centric led action movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I do not watch uh, Kate. Kate. With Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Kate. Literally called Kate. I'm pretty sure it's a Netflix film. I was really disappointed. I thought it was going to be good, but it wasn't. And Woody Harrelson. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Uh, Characters are really flimsy. The world is borderline offensive to Japanese people. Oh, boy. Um, Like, I read a lot of Japanese or translations of Japanese people's reviews that watched it. And they're like, this has all the, the shitty interpretations Americans have about Japanese culture and what it's like in our cities to the point where, like, this is barely this is unwatchable to a Japanese viewer. So yeah. It's interesting. Um, it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> okay then. So watch Jolt, not Kate. Watch Jolt there you go. starring Kate, not the film Kate. That's what made me think of it. Okay, okay there we go. <laughs> You're welcome, Kellen. Still yeah, convinced my brain is- you said I'm still convinced you said Ted Green because of my shirt. And not Ted Evergreen. <laughs> Ted Green. I'm enamored. Speaking of Dalton Abbey, what was crazy uh, of about that was uh, watching this character Spratt show up for the first time and being like, oh, that's Higgins from, from Ted Lasso. Oh, really? <laughs> I bet you if I went back and watched yeah. it, having watched so many British things th- these days, that I, I would recognize a lot more people. Yeah, the- you go back and you're like, oh, there's the guy. There's, you know, and then there, there's one random episode where Paul Giamatti shows up for, <laughs> for no reason. I don't remember that. He, was he American? He plays an American, but like he's walking around. They're like, oh, while well, you're here, so would you like some tea? And he's like, yeah, I guess I'll get some tea. <laughs> Man, I don't know what I'm doing here. It's, you guys talk funny. <laughs> That's my Paul Giamatti. <laughs> That's pretty good. Is, is it serviceable? That's pretty good. All right. Thank you. Actually, Paul Giamatti is one of those voices I I really do enjoy doing, whether I'm good at it or not. <laughs> it's just it's fun to just do anything like I'll send this email real quick. We all know your favorites, Kermit. Don't lie to, to us. whom it may concern. I have issues with your inquiry. Nobody. No, I do love Kermit. Do 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 him <clears throat> from Agent Cody Banks. Wait, was he in that? He was in Big Fat Liar. Damn! Damn it! <laughs> I don't remember Screwed any of his up. lines though. <laughs> Screwed it up. Yeah. I'll, it do, I'll do Kermit in Sideways, though. <clears throat> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> We're not drinking Merlot. We're not drinking it. Better than better than the, the new Kermit. Yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and, and say officially on the record, I, I do not like this new Kermit voice. No, I don't either. It's not right. No, it's not. That, that's the perfect way to say it. Not only do I not like it, it's just simply not right. <laughs> it ain't right. Mor- it ain't morally right. right. Or accurate. Are you doing a sign off or should I stop recording? Uh oh. Uh, bye, Kellen. <laughs> <laughs> bye. Thanks for having me and letting me talk for an hour. <laughs> Absolutely, buddy. Bye.